Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Do you wish to wake up one day and hit the Life Reset button? Life Reset, the awareness integration path to create the life you want by Dr. Fujian Zane, helps you navigate crucial life areas, heal the past traumas, and cultivate fulfilling relationships and careers. Life Reset is your guide to a profound journey to reshape your life. Grab your copy on Amazon or Audible now and embark on a path to a more joyous and fulfilled life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with my guest and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. It's so great to be with you today. For all of the therapists and coaches, I just wanted to share with you that our upcoming Essentials to uh, Awareness Integration Theory is coming up February 9th, 10th, 11th. For the therapists in California, we do have a CEU for 20 hours um, for um, licensed marriage and family therapists, licensed social workers, and professional counselors. And we also have um, offer continuing education for psychotherapists in Canada. Um, so yes, we're, we're growing internationally and love to share the essentials of the awareness integration, which we go through principles and all of the um, six phases of the interventions. And you will be part of the group, the community of therapists and coaches, life coaches who are going to be certified. And um, you will be featured in Fujian app where people who are going through the app and really want to work a little bit deeper with someone that they can find you. So if you're interested, please, please contact me, awarenessintegrationinstitute at gmail.com. I'd love to have you there. So contact me. And if you want more information, just share with me and let me know. You can go to awarenessintegration.com and get some more information or contact me. Tell me you're interested and we'll chat and um, I will let you know. And how it could be useful for your practice. And if you are interested in just working in your life in any format, in 30 areas of your life, you can go to Fujian uh, app and uh, Google or Apple and um, start working on your beautiful self because you deserve to live a fulfilled life. You do. So in this episode, I chat with Petra Boymeyer. Um, she is, let me say her name. I don't want to butcher her name again. Petra Boimer. Um, she is a mindful living expert and founder of the Mindful Eating Institute in Santa Barbara with a master's in clinical psychology from the University of Hamburg. She has two decades of experience promoting positive lifestyles. She's a pioneer in blending Eastern and Western therapeutic approaches, especially in the realm of emotional eating, weight management, and self-care, which somehow we all need. 
Petra has curated unique programs that champion holistic well-being, integrating principles of positive psychology and mindfulness. She held influential work-life balance workshops at the California Health, Health and Longevity Institute and served as a health educator in Santa Barbara. Petra is a keynote speaker for the American Heart Association on stress and eating and has presented in Santa Barbara College Hospital. As a self-care specialist, she works with prestigious resorts like Golden Door and Ritz-Carlton Baccarat. Her guide, oh my God, I, like her. I love Baccarat. Her guiding principle is to love and honor yourself wholly and authentically. And you can find her at mindfuleatinginstitute.net. Um, we had a great conversation together. Um, I obviously shared about myself and what you know. What were the associations for me about eating? And we had a really rich conversation. And you, I hope you gain as much as I did. I'm sure you'll love uh, talking, you know, hearing her as much as I really enjoyed talking to her. Subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. Connect with me through my website. Fujanzane.com. I love to hear from you. Connect with me through social media. I'm on all of them. Um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter, X. Um, share with me your thoughts and what you like to hear um, and how I can be a service to you. I love to hear from you. So without further ado, here's Petra Boimer. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today. Are you a psychotherapist looking to enhance your practice? The awareness integration therapy developed by Dr. Fujian Zane is a comprehensive guide to the principle and techniques of this powerful therapeutic approach. Join the growing community who have elevated their practice and expanded their skills by embracing awareness integration therapy and witnessing its life-changing impact. Order your copy on Amazon now. Well, welcome Petra, everyone. Petra Boimer, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much, Dr. Zane. It's a pleasure. It's been a long time. We've been conversing and, you know, we wanted to meet and uh, it's interesting that um, COVID and getting sick kept getting in the way and we finally made it together. And today, um, obviously we're gonna talk about what you're an expert at and eating and wellness. And this is something that I have suffered through many years. Every year has gotten better, but there's still a lot of challenges, Petra. So I'm just going to use myself as a guinea pig. So everybody who is listening to us and viewing mm -hmm. us, they can just kind of take in what we talk about and um, address it to themselves. So at the end of our conversation, that they can really learn and get something that is personal for them. And it's not just that they're hearing us, but to make it personal for them. Of course. And I have a few case studies too, but if you're willing to share your story, that will help the listeners as well. Yeah. So tell us a little bit first about you and what got you interested. Obviously, you were, um, you know, psychology major and um, you got your master's degree in psychology. And then you went into more of the um, concentrated on more of the wellness through eating and being aware, the awareness and the conscious and intentional eating is something that you um, you really focused on. So what got you from one end to the other? 
Great question, and I'm happy to share it. I taught weight loss classes for a clinic here in town in Santa Barbara. I was a sought after weight loss coach. Uh, I was assertive, people wanted to be in my class. It was a very strict behavior change model and our patients would eat prepackaged foods. And I subscribed to that treatment model at the time. And then something personal happened in my life that changed how I work and how I live. Going back to that weight loss program, our patients would lose a lot of weight. However, emotional eating was not being addressed. So in our long-term weight management phase, over 50% of our patients would gain their weight back. And of course, I realized if you don't address the core emotions that drive somebody to the refrigerator late at night, weight loss will be temporary. So in 2017, I started my own business, which I call the Mindful Eating Institute. However, it goes way beyond the eating aspect. It goes into healing, um, which I call the parental wound or the mother wound. If we use food to self-soothe and self-regulate, that deserves our compassion. That's why diets do not work, Dr. Zane. And I help clients take a deeper dive. I created this emotional eating iceberg visual where we safely and gently go into the reasons why people eat a whole bag of chips after dinner or why they cannot go to sleep uh, as such of my client as many of my clients describe they can't go to sleep and relax and calm their nervous system without eating so that's where i come in we develop we co-create healthy rituals together because eating instead of feeling is a very powerful ritual that we can't just rip away from a person. Do you mind sharing your um, connection with eating and, and wellness? You said you would be willing to be a guinea pig. Of course. First, before I do that, I wanted to share this with everybody also. Oh, so thank you. Talking about the emotions and, um, and I saw that um, a lot more in this journal, what you have is going through the emotions yes. that people go through every single day. So uh, part just wanted to tell everybody that the mindful eating and self-care workbook mm -hmm. has been created by you. It's um, goes yes. through all of what you just said on a daily basis and really for people to become aware of it. But yes, I, um, Eating was, uh, it was really interesting because my mom used to tell me that she was breastfeeding me almost until I was like two years of age because I wouldn't let go. So I think that eating um, had to do a lot more with comfort, safety, and, uh, you know, being in her arms. She wasn't home a lot. She was working a lot. So yes, that concept of being in her arms and, um, you know, feeling comfortable and drinking the milk in a sense from her body, it felt like this was pleasure. So eating had always uh, associated with high level of pleasure for me. And uh, I feel also with a connection, you know? Yes, 
and connection. And yes. I was, yeah, I was molested from age like three to eight. So I had a lot of ways of dissociating from my body. Listen, Sorry to hear that. Yes. Yes. Lifting mm -hmm. off of my body, right? So again, eating was the level of connection, coming back, feeling pleasure, feeling safe. So the, and I did not like, you know, many people like to release their um, tensions through exercise. I never liked, um, you know, I was never in sports. I was never in exercising. My whole family system was not really promoting a lot of like, you know, exercising. So the only way kind of I would come back to my body would be the eating, um, obviously. And then I came, you know, alone to the United States around 12 and a half and kind of raised myself. So again, eating was one of those things. And, you know, first it was, um, I remember actually sucking my thumb for a long time as far as self-soothing. And then I went mm -hmm. into cigarettes, which was again, you know, self-soothing. And then yes. I, you know, quitting cigarettes was uh, side by side was food. So there was a lot of uh, the connection of me and my body yes. was through food. Well, obviously this would give me 25 pounds up. I would look bad. So I would, you know, try and bring it down, 25 down. It would take me about, you know, six years to 10 years, 25 pounds up, mm -hmm. 25 pounds down. So every 10 years I have this cycle of just connecting and pleasure takes over all knowledge. Like, doesn't matter how much knowledge I have, you know, I've obviously changed of course. the type yeah. of food from, you know, 10 cans of Coca-Cola and Snickers <laughs> to <laughs> uh, donuts and everything else to now healthy food. Now I eat healthy food. So I don't do the, you know, chips and the this and the that, but still for my age, you know, and um, the way I operate, which I sit all day because I see clients my body does not need as much as much food uh, mm -hmm. as you know a, another person but the so, habit of pleasure taking over knowledge and awareness is pretty much still here my taste buds rule thank you for sharing your story and what you are describing i hear a lot there is a strong correlation between childhood trauma, emotional neglect, abuse, sexual abuse, and disordered eating later in life. Now, I do not treat um, severe eating disorders. I refer those out, those patients. However, um, I teach clients how they would talk to, let's say in your case, a seven-year-old little girl that is anxious or upset or needs um, a sense of safety or even relaxation, would you say to her, um, just keep eating, that's fine, you know, we're going to be okay? Or would you hold her, put her on your lap maybe and say, honey, what's the matter? What's going on? So I give my clients, so to speak, foster children to take care of. Of course, we know there is no child sitting with them, but working with the inner child is so important. I have male clients to high functioning men who come to me and they also cry because they were abused, they were neglected or pushed too hard. And honoring your your connection with food is a first step and having compassion for the need to self-soothe with food, and then slowly over time replacing this with other self-nurturing activities. 
Last night, I got a text from a client who said, I am mouse hungry, I'm anxious, I want to eat, and I'm texting you so I get this out. And she said, I'm going to move on to a self-nurturing activity. We've been working together one year. That's a huge step for her. So here is a very positive message for all emotional eaters who are listening, that yes, you can have a healthy and relaxed relationship with food. This is not a diet. And I want to briefly speak uh, on GLP-1 medications, Ozempic and Wegovy. A lot of clients ask me, uh, and I, I will not give medical advice, and I think it's a wonderful crutch to kickstart a weight loss journey. However, it's not the deep dive needed to heal a lifelong, maybe dysfunctional relationship with food. Mm -hmm. So it takes courage and patience and trust in the journey to work with somebody like me. I'm sure there are many therapists who specialize in this. And um, I'd like to share one quote that I find very meaningful by a poet named Brianna Wiest. And she says, true self-care is not, uh, not soft baths and chocolate cake. It's making the decision to build a life you don't need to regularly escape from. And our culture is fast and furious. I have many working mothers who come home, the kids go to bed, and then they say, I attack the pantry because it's finally their time. So in a nutshell, do you need chocolate or a hug? Do you need food or do you need to rest? I worked with a woman who was a high achiever, a CPA here in town, and we have a bakery called Crush Cakes. She couldn't drive by without getting a sweet treat. And we realized, of course, she doesn't need the treat. She needs a break. So honoring the core need is really key. And um, in your case, I think it's so understandable that you say, I have a pleasurable connection, but I feel underneath the pleasure is really the sense of safety and feeling full and connected mm -hmm. rather than the pleasure. The pleasure is part of it, but I feel if we really took a deeper dive is what are you needing in this moment? You know, if we can pause before we act out on getting a glass of wine or whatever. I do this, Dr. Zane, when I feel exhausted. I say, I want to do happy hour and I want fries and two glasses of wine. I park my car, I'm not kidding, and say, honey, is this really what we need, alcohol and fries? Or do, we, do you want to do a bubble bath and maybe just relax? Oftentimes I choose the latter. Doesn't mean I don't want, I don't want wine and fries, which is a celebration. So here are two questions that differentiate physical from emotional hunger: Am I ce uh, celebrating or self-medicating? Yes, I think there's also the, uh, the association that I hear from you, which is the pleasure is there. It's just that how am I? if I'm associating it with food and orally uh -huh. something, or I can um, think about another self-care, which also gives me pleasure, is just not through my taste buds. It, then it can be through my skin. It could be through, 
you know, a physical activity that is not necessarily just the eating activity. So um, I guess the umbrella is pleasure, but safety goes underneath it. Yes. A lot yes. Of, so so it, it's, um, it's like if, if there is, if I put two umbrellas, one is pleasure, one is pain, the pain one would be the anxiety, any of these yes. that feel uncomfortable or even physical pain by sitting a long time or by doing the work. Yes. Time. And it could be a reward, you know, I worked hard all day, I deserve this, you know, it's, it's all valid, and needs our compassion. So self empathy and taking in the kindness that we would give to a friend or a child. I am very, I'm a big fan of Dr. Kristen Neff's self compassion research and her work. I teach all my clients mindfulness meditation. And um, there is no quick fix. Healing this takes time and it's never linear. It's not like you relapse in like when you drink too much, you can quit and you can quit smoking. Um, but eating is a different beast. <laughs> you know, We need to eat to survive. And I love eating too. I love Italian food. I ate the best food in my life in Paris eating should be pleasurable mm -hmm. when it serves as a mood regulator and causes weight gain and maybe not feeling as light in your body then we can take a look at that are there other ways to create lightness in my questionnaire in my intake questionnaire I ask clients many many questions and one is where do you see yourself what are two goals three to six months from now the first one is, oh, I want to lose X, Y, Z pounds. And the second one is 90% of the time to find inner peace. Mm -hmm. There's also this concept of um, the, uh, the food is um, a celebratory concept of socialization. Also, so yes. It's very um, enticing when you are socializing obviously mm -hmm. and we say the same thing about alcohol in many of the cultures yes they're a part of the celebration um but i think food is something like you said it's inevitable where you cannot not eat you cannot you don't need to drink mm -hmm. alcohol but there's no you know when you go out you're going out to restaurants you're going to parties you're, all the socializations are all around food one way or yes and I also think that this concept of whether you call it a peer pressure or you call it that you just want to be one of and want to be included and a sense of belonging. And all of it is, I think, part of that um, automatic way of handling things and the behaviors where mindfulness really helps, self-love really helps at that moment of really coming in and, and looking at how else can I belong? How else can I connect? Yes. And it doesn't have to be around the food that everybody's eating right there. I can be part of this, but my being mindful of what works for me and what doesn't could allow me to create that kind of connection in another way. And it doesn't just have to be that. I have one client that I'm working with right now and she says um, she's, a, you know, she's a little bit on her heavy side and she's been the heaviest at this time. And she says she's got three teenage uh, um, children and uh, her husband, who is very thin and can eat carbs all day and it doesn't matter. And they have yeah. requires carb in his body. 
So she says, I'm, you know, I'm the responsible person and I cook for the whole family. And I'm, you know, everything that is there, it's towards my serving my family. And when the smell is there, when all of it is in front of me, it is so hard for me just to say, no, I'm not going to have those. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to have this, you know, piece of chicken with uh, broccoli for myself where, you know, rice and potatoes and all of those. And right. Over there. So you can, it, the, the surrounding, the environment of also, course. you know, like I went to, for three weeks, I went to Optimum Health Institute, which is all in, in San Diego, which is all uh, raw eating. There was no smell, no smell. You know, there was like three, three uh, times that we ate. The kitchen was closed. Then there was no food on site. That's like deprivation therapy. <laughs> well, no, there was three times of eating. Like yeah. you had your three times of eating and you could eat as much as you wanted. The raw, you know, raw food was always there. Um, so you weren't deprived at all, but there was no smell. And there was no more, you know, eating, like there wasn't no cupboard to go to. Like you would go to the places and it not, you know, having that kind of a structure obviously supports you going forward. And I remember that weekend coming home and I went to just, you know, Ralph's to get something. um, And then suddenly the smell of all the food in the air. And it was like, oh my God, my taste buds, my whole body. (laughs) Yes. So there's also, you know, there's a self-care that happens. There's a self-involvement, but then, then we're, you know, it's, we're also in an environment. Of course. That is provoking consistently around this. So can you share a little bit of. Yes. To be mindful and take care of yourself while you are either your family or, you know, wherever you are, which is. Constant. But obviously that shift is not going to occur within the first month of working with me. This is a longer process. And the the part of intentional living and in the case of the client that has the teenagers and the skinny husband, I would give her a little girl to be part of the family too. And that little girl is a little bit heavier than she wants to be. And she has to cook for that little girl as well. So it's in putting ourselves, it sounds so, everybody has heard this, give yourself the oxygen first, but you have to put yourself first in line and uh, make your needs matter. And I teach my clients speaking their truth from the heart and also honoring their boundaries and learning to say no. When you say social gatherings and people say, come on, have the dessert. Why don't you eat pasta? You look great honoring your own truth and having the courage to say thank you so much i'm kind uh, i'm fine and uh, boundaries don't have to be electric fences we can say just say no thank you and with regards to living in an environment where that is um tempting that's not easy so it takes a little while I think we're frozen a little bit here.
sorry for the uh, uh, technology. We froze yes. a little bit, so go ahead. So I was saying um, our culture is really not supportive of staying at a healthy weight. And there's this dichotomy of uh, promoting on Instagram these very skinny women and the, 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 if I think women, if I had a daughter, I would make her read Women Who Run With The Wolves. Have you read it? Yes. It's written by a Jungian psych psychoanalyst and it's really helping women, I believe, follow their strong instinctual nature. And I found, Dr. Zane, that all my clients deep, deep inside know how to take care of themselves. It could have been lost or buried. And bringing that back and strengthening, living from their own truth and their heart and the wisdom. Mm -hmm. I have a client, she is super, super aware is currently at maybe I'm guessing 270 pounds and we're working on helping her understand where this all came from in her case it's also a lack of I deserve this I I deserve to be healthy I deserve to be seen what lives at the core and at the bottom of the need to self-soothe with food needs to be looked at with a lot of kindness and patience. I prescribe um, practices or little assignments each week. And to help somebody unplug and just be with what is. Nobody taught me that in school growing up. My parents didn't know how to self-nurture. <laughs> um, I experienced trauma as a child too more than once took me years to finally come home to myself and make myself feel safe. So I believe in this aspect of fierce self-compassion and fierce self-protection. Um, and Brene Brown says, soft um, heart. What does she say? Um, strong back, soft heart, or soft front. You know, you can be a warrior, but have a warm heart. And um, standing up for yourself is very, very important. So I'm just thinking if we touched on all the things I wanted to touch on, um, becoming the person you needed the most. You know, in your case, little um, Fujian was so happy that mom was home and you were so beautifully and intimately connected with the breast and the milk so whenever maybe you need to feel safe and connected, it feels like you need to eat. And maybe sometimes that is true and you should. I believe in mindful indulgences. I don't have taboo foods in my program. Mm -hmm. We have a place here in Santa Barbara or in Summerland where I go. I'm strategic about eating a burger there and having a beautiful beer and then fries. And that's a celebration. And I don't deprive myself of pleasure that way. I look at, you know, do I really need this right now? Am I drinking a second glass of wine to numb, to take the edge off or get into that trance state of not feeling? That's worth exploring, as you know, as a therapist. So there is a lot of hope for any emotional eater. 
to take that gentle deep dive and remother or reparent yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know anybody who doesn't necessarily emotionally eat. I think mm -hmm. add um, the other an angles into it as we we move forward. But I think that as human being, as we are born, um, it pretty much your survival. One hundred percent. Yes. Is around eating, and yes. so definitely it's not like I, I I'm hoping that people who are with us are not hearing that there are those people who are emotional eaters and there are other people who are not. I think as a human being, we we kind of come into the to the world with that attachment and then slowly but surely we kind of um, separate that attachment mm -hmm. into the food having its appropriate place in our life and you know understanding each emotion to be what it what it is and how to express it how to protect it how to feel it how to experience it how to release it and to do all of that and mm -hmm. i guess if the association does not dismantle then it keeps coming and if obviously people have traumas where many people have you know some sort of a trauma getting as as they're growing up then they use it more like it gets more and more stamped as that yes uh, so this concept of knowing that everybody you know it's like what we say is like everybody kind of um is is born self-centered and a little bit narcissistic yeah. as we as we move along we realize that oh there are other human beings on the face of the earth oh they think that differently than us oh so it's like you know that the, the the disassembling of that actually happens as we grow up. And I yes. say the same thing with our relationship with food. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's survival. Like it's the most important factor. So anytime any emotion shows up, which is a threat to our survival, obviously we'll go back yeah. to the first thing that we always thought it was mm -hmm. going to keep us safe. Uh, but to bring that wisdom of, as you were saying, uh, how, separate these are and each emotion needs its own level of caring for and when you are taking care of that emotion then you can also take care of uh, you utilizing food for what it's appropriate for you versus yes. it's doing something beyond above and beyond what the nature of it is supposed to be yes you can learn to different uh, differentiate physical from emotional hunger and um i just had a thought that i'm when you were speaking it came to me um if if you can pause and investigate and say well i want to eat but i just had food i can't be physically hungry what is my heart really hungry for what is what is that I need right now? And in most cases is dealing with an anxious feeling or worry about the future, or sometimes I don't even know why I'm a little bit on edge and I can't figure it out within minutes. It only happens if you give yourself space to explore. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you realize, oh, it's because of this is still unresolved. Oh, I get it. And then just work with that. Maybe talk to a friend, talk to a therapist or journal about it. 
And I also want to quickly speak to the social aspect of eating. It's interesting you mentioned that I'm going to a networking meeting tomorrow night with a bunch of women, and I can only imagine the spread that will be there. <laughs> so I probably will not go super hungry. And um, I haven't decided if I'm going to have wine or not. So I'm going to feel that out tomorrow. We have, we can choose, we can live intentionally, but it doesn't just happen overnight. If a behavior has served a purpose for emotional survival for 20, 30, 40 years, you can't just say, don't do that anymore, you know better. So patience, courage, um, self-kindness, self-empathy are the keys of my treatment model. That's what I love to do. That's my calling. And I call it self-care beyond bubble baths. <laughs> you know, I love my bubble baths and it's beautiful. And self-care can also mean um, saying no to something that really doesn't sit well with you. Letting go of friendships that don't resonate well anymore I had to do that and it hurts it takes a lot of guts and it hurts and it's necessary sometimes yes if it, tend, if it tends to bring a lot of tension and anxiety is like either we need to handle it we need to clear it we need to have the conversation or yes or um just shoving you know food in our mouth is in yes way. yeah Yes, I mean, in the, in the awareness integration model, um, we also, a lot more has to do with the awareness of, you know, how you're thinking, feeling, behaving. Yes. And I remember actually a couple of the therapists and the clients who were working in this model, they said that as the minute they started really the mindfulness aspect, like being aware, not mindfulness, well, in awareness integration, I don't use mindfulness the way that, you know, meditation mindfulness is, but it really talks to what you're sharing, which is when you're intentional, when you do the pause, when you share, you do the pause, that pause gives you the element of choice and takes you away from that automatic move that you've always had. It's and difficult to do when you're on auto. The right. brain has been wired that way for so long and going against that takes so much, but it's doable. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the same way like what you did. You said, I know this is going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to pause right now and choose that I'm going to eat some healthy food before I leave so I'm not super hungry when I go. And then I will allow myself to ponder and choose when I'm there and what's yeah. of me and should I have, you know, if I want to have wine or not. So it's like allowing that intentional way mm -hmm. of being and, you know, um, caring for yourself loving yourself in a way respecting yourself in a way where at every moment you kind of check instead of it allowing it to run automatic because the running of automatic could be that it's a reflection or a reaction to some sort of you know provocation which is out there you mm -hmm. know and uh, the automatic it will it will take over if you're not watching it yes so i want to put everyone at ease who's listening you don't have to minute by minute check in how am i doing what should it's not um a constant inner screening it's being in tune in general 
and being at home with yourself and knowing what serves you and what doesn't serve you. And that's the therapeutic healing process. And the word you, I like the word integration. Integration to me is healing uh, all the parts that need healing and um, being um, acknowledged and honored. And yeah, it took me years to kindly come home to myself and okay. And I, do you know Louis Hay? She, um, yeah, I like the mirror work. And there's an older video of herself where she says, before you do anything else in the morning, go to the mirror and say, honey, whatever it takes, I will make you happy today. So I have this mirror now above my sink and I do that. I say, whatever you need today, I'll take care of you. And some clients are very uncomfortable with that at first or holding your face gently and say, I've got you. I got, I've got you, you know, we can do so much for ourselves. And um, there was a time in my life where I couldn't be without a man. I'm like, I need this to feel whole and complete. I no longer have that need. It would be nice, but it's not needed. I'm already I feel pretty complete. So it's a longer journey. I'm older than you. I know we celebrated your birthday on LinkedIn. And sometimes it just takes a long time to feel to feel whole and integrated and not to give up i know that every not to give up yes i shared you know i've gone through the yo-yo of 25 up and pounds and 25 down but i also see that every time that has happened um the the style of eating the foods the everything that i brought into my life because of the awareness and every time i thought you know I got this and I, I know what I'm doing and I no longer have to be intentional. I can send this to automatic, like the yes. mystery of being into automatic. It didn't. And that was where I lost the concept of becoming intentional in every day. And then, you know, the other side, which I kind of call my brain, the attic brain shows up and goes on automatic versus the other side. And that's where I've noticed is, like anything else, you know, the same way if I sit in the car and say, I know how to drive, I can just put this on automatic and don't pay attention anymore. Yeah. My eyes. Well, I'm going to get into an accident. So, you know, running life with eyes closed, we're still going to fall, you know, fall into some of the yes. that were there. Yes. So not quitting, not, you know, allowing yourself to quit and knowing that, this is something that every time, every day that you're more aware of, you learn more about yourself. You learn what works for you and your body. And I think that's that's the best. So um, last minutes, is there anything, Petra, that we haven't talked about and you really want people to know? I think we mentioned everything I wanted to mention. Um if anyone is interested in working with me, I offer a complimentary initial consultation to make sure that I can help that person and that we're a good match. And um, I'm sure you're going to put my information on somehow. And um, so there's hope. You can yeah. be at peace with your body. You can have not just a healthy but a relaxed relationship with food and your body. 
Yes, and they can go to mindfuleatinginstitute.net um, and there's my, my calendar link. They can book a initial consultation and, um, and we'll go from there. Oh yeah, and I work with clients for a minimum of three to six months, oftentimes six months because we can't uh, undo 20 years of programming in a few weeks. So there is no quick fix. And I always say, Dr. Zane, what clients learn with me, they cannot unlearn. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Petra. Thank um, you for having me. Of course. Petra Boymeyer, everyone. Um, it was a great talking to you and having you on the show. Thank you so much. Take care. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.